right club. Be the right club today. Yeah. I mean, that's better than most. How about him? That is better than most. Better than most. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the No Laying Up podcast. Sunday night, we are going to be recapping the RBC Heritage. Solly here. DJ Pie is here. Hello. Tron is here. Kind of similar to the first episode of the, of the No Laying Up podcast. You might be eating a little bit. close. It's going to be a thing from now on. <laughs> what do you got? You got shishito peppers? Shishito peppers and short rib tonight. Big Randy is here. Namaste, Solly, and good evening to everybody else. We Hello, wanted, Randy. Um, we didn't get to play a lot of golf this weekend, but uh, I did hear when you hit like five iron shots close to less than or inside of five feet, you're bound to shoot a low score. And though he didn't win, Dylan Fratelli did bring the heat on this Sunday. The Callaway Irons, which we don't talk about this enough. Callaway's the number one irons in golf. I feel like that just kind of gets forgotten. <laughs> we like the best you can be. We talk about yeah. the, the driver a lot. It, I saw this in the copy and I was like, you know what? We really don't, we don't maybe put and, enough emphasis and on And really, if you're, if you're number one irons in golf, you're selling seven, eight, nine clubs at a time. That's a very, it seems to be a very good thing. So Dylan Fratelli uh, used these number one irons in golf to make nine birdies in route to shooting 62, career low on the PGA Tour. And helping him make those putts was the triple track combo. We've been talking about this. The Odyssey triple track 10 putter paired with the Chrome Soft triple track golf ball. You got the perfect alignment across your golf ball and on your putter. Speaking of Chrome Soft, Callaway recently announced that starting this week, June 24th, you'll be able to pick up the new 2020 Chrome Soft X golf balls. The regular Chrome Soft was revamped, released earlier this year. I've been playing it, really been noticing an increase in distance of my irons, a few too many Icarito balls, if I'm being honest. But now the Chrome Soft X ball will be in golf shops everywhere. And just like the standard Chrome Soft available in Truvis and in Triple Track. So to learn more about the new 2020 Chrome Soft X and to see which Chrome Soft golf ball is right for you, go to CallawayGolf.com. That's CallawayGolf.com to learn about the 2020 Chrome Soft X golf ball. I would say I'm excited for the X's, but now that I'm playing left-handed, I don't think it matters. You're just not a high spin enough <laughs> <Yeah>. player. <laughs> Randy, I'd love to see you in the in getting in the in the triple track. I think that'd be a great step for your game. I'm very excited about it. I, I haven't uh, I haven't done enough testing or uh, research yet. So maybe that's, you know, when I do come back, to, when I make my return to golf, uh, <laughs> I'll, maybe I'll put that on the pro. Be careful, that's trademarked, all right? Which, yeah. when, when are you making your return to golf? I, honestly, I don't know. It's day by day. At the Jack's Beach Qualifier this yeah, Thursday? Yeah, you're going to play this Thursday? Maybe. No, that's, you're, you're the commitment. The commitment deadline was 5 p.m. Friday, <laughs> much like the PJ Tour. All right, let's get into it. Let's talk about the heritage, should we? I think it's Is that okay with you guys. I think that's what we're here to do. Let me start in a place that uh, people probably didn't think we were going to start. CBS may have gotten the podcast bump this week. <laughs> they may have. Uh, of course, Sir Jim Nance was on the podcast this week. And, uh, you know, coincidentally, I thought the coverage was excellent this week. And the only reason I bring that up, we'll get into it, of course, in our Hamsterdam section later on. But it just locks you in and it makes for a great week and i had a ton of fun watching golf solid what's your what's your gut reaction i just want to be super hesitant to like oh jim came on the pod <laughs> no, so no, now no. we love cbs no, I'm saying that he came on the pod and you know they elevated their game yeah i'll say for one i i dislike him about 10 times more after <laughs> his pod performance we're going to talk about the pod later but i think almost across the board i think on social media today it was like well wait a second here are commercials way down way down like way down and how much they needed it on a day like today honestly when they have a ton of guys at the top of the leaderboard i just kind of laugh i'm like this is this is going to be hard like this is going to be tough uh, they crushed it uh, they got all the audio they needed i felt like involved in it and i th honestly 
It's going to be weird to kind of, I, do I think it'll be the same next week? I'm not that confident, but for one week, for whatever it was, it was like, we got it. Like we got what we wanted. That's all we really realistically want. I don't think we talk about the coverage if it looked like it did today. Well, and I think part of when you said, I don't know what it was, I mean, I think part of it was Harbortown, which was awesome. Tron, I know, you know, you said something earlier, you've been watching, you've been inspecting this tournament closely every year for 20 years. I wouldn't uh, say inspect, enjoying the tournament, <laughs> trying to enjoy well, the tournament. Yeah. No, you said including you, some on-site inspections. Exactly, too. on-site inspections for sure. What Hiding your, in the trees like Hitter Blanco. <laughs> what, was, what was your reaction to watching it today? I mean, you know, some of it's because they don't have grandstands behind certain greens or whatnot, but at Harbortown, you don't have a bunch of grandstands for the most part. So I don't think that's a, that valid of a, of a complaint more or less just they showed a bunch of angles like on 10 11 12 coming you know coming down the stretch especially on the second shots standing right behind them i think not having towers actually frees them up to mm. to show a lot more variety love that when you get down on the ground it looks like jurassic park down there you get to like yeah. you see how tall the trees are you see how like intimidating some of those tee shots are and how straight you need to hit it and that locked me in more than anything. And then, of course, they did. We're, we're skipping. We're getting yeah. way too deep into the coverage. <laughs> but it was positive. To, it was. The we only put, thing that they didn't do was I thought they were going to crash the drone. And I, we're well, we're going to get one. Out on that. We're going to get one. They may be like us. They may have two drones. And maybe one was down. And, of course, we're not going to tell people when we crash it. Actually, that's not true. We do. Yeah. We usually air the footage. Those are the best clips. Uh, Randy, Webb Simpson, your winner today. Oh. What, what do you Talk to me about watching Webb this week. All in on Webb. Complete 180 for me personally over the last several years. Is this a, an earnest take? I can't tell. If I can't tell if you're being earnest or not. You have the same tone. Of, of course. <laughs> Thank you for using the proper 180. A lot of people say 360 in that regard, and it really frustrates. Well, me. you're welcome for that. A TC lot of people has done a total inquiring. 360 on web. <laughs> many people asking. I've done a 720 on web. Many people inquiring if he is now a killer. Um, Which I'd like to talk about that. For once, I actually want to talk about. We that. We can talk about that. Super impressive performance. He what you know remind me of like his players championship win. You know when he's locked in. He's really good. Uh, well, he's he's locked in in more ways than one, too. Am I right? You got the arm lock putter going, of course. I, my gut reaction, I texted you guys, was like, he's like a million times better than Ricky. So we can discuss that more later. But well, let's discuss it right now. I mean, that Randy might be the king of the Ricky straw man. Like, I don't think yeah. anybody's arguing the other side of that, bud. Well, no. I think it would have sounded completely blasphemous yeah. a couple years ago. Maybe is your yeah. point? Yeah. And, and, and now just, it, it seems pretty cut and dry. He is what would number five in the world now after yeah. this win. Is that right? That's right. It, it seems well-deserved to me. In a different landscape, I think Webb Simpson could be in the conversation for best player in the world. Totally. Like for golf courses it, like it, these. In like a different landscape, meaning like golf being played in the yeah. 1980s. Or just, where, a, like, just it's not as much of a power game. If there was more Harbor Towns, which I'm not necessarily advocating for, but if there was a more level playing field with driving distance, yeah. Webb would be right up there. I think we can talk Harbortown in a second, but I would argue that it, I mean I, I think it's pretty unanimous that the course plays way better in April than it does in June. Or I, I could be wrong. I, I agree with okay, because I, yeah. I, I, I thought it had that. no bite and no, when it, when pro golf has like no real actual risk of bogeys, then you can pin yeah. your ears. But you can like make some unforced errors and make bogeys like any time, but. There's nothing that really baits you into a bogey. Like this week, I don't think that makes for good television. Well, let me let me put it this way. But that's I, I don't mean to keep. Dipping my toe back into the coverage stuff, but this is yes, yes, you no, do. no, no, I don't. This is, but this is the impetus for all the coverage stuff. Is I've watched Harbor Town a million times, and I don't know that I can like answer that question because I can't really like picture 
yeah. any of the other years because it sure. all just like washes over me and I don't remember yeah. anything. There's, and whereas this year I was so locked in that like I will remember this tournament next year when when it comes back around. So when you see a volume of players play the same holes and see the same shots, yeah. when the next guys come through, you understand like you understand what the considerations Seven, are. Like how how good was seventeen today? Oh, it was Watching great. guys like everybody's fanning it right, missing in that same spot, and then you you really have context when Webb steps up, hits it fifteen feet below the hole. It's like God, that was. That's so much better than everybody else that's gone through. We're seeing guys play play eleven and yeah. where they go off a tee there or or nine. I mean, there's so many different options on nine. Sixteen and yeah. I mean fifteen was awesome to it's watch context. guys. Yeah. It was that was it was it, it was interesting. I, it was a race, a straight birdie race. I as much as I did enjoy the coverage, couldn't understand how they couldn't grasp the leaderboard. Like Dylan for is Dylan for gonna stick around? He's in the house, clubhouse lead at seventeen under. <laughs> I was like, dude, he's not even going to be close. He almost got 10-shot ruled there by the end. I think, DJ, you, you mentioned just not having a great feel for the venue and past tournaments. A lot of that, I think, is probably a master's hangover. Uh, yeah. A lot of it's probably the cactus limes the, that the, we had when the, we were the there. The actual hangovers. <laughs> um, I was glad, as somebody who has been going down to Hilton Head for a while, as, of course, if you listen to the trap, they're all a, a timeshare owner on the island. <laughs> Uh, it, it was good to see <laughs> the youngest timeshare owner on the island, <laughs> unofficially, uh, at one time. It's cool to see Harbor Town at this time of the year, just because you know it's all eyes, all attention. Um, nobody's coming off a a Masters hangover, and the the field. But I do agree with you. So I mean, some years I'm, you know, like 2016, the winning score was nine under. Like some years in in April, the wind really gets fresh. Was and that the year? Grace one, yeah. The, I mean, the wind was yeah. blowing like thirty that day. Yeah, so it, it's like maybe not for four days, but you can have days out there where it's like it almost turns into a U.S. Open where pars a really good score. Um, that was not the case this week, which is a bit of a shame. But it, all, all in all, I, it was cool just to really get in depth at Harbor Town. That's more likely to happen in April than right. in June, is your point. Right? The wind has come up yeah. more in April. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. your thing's more about the the, the conditions than. The overseed or anything like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, okay. yeah. It's okay. just like there was just, and to be clear, par is irrelevant. But I'm saying like the risk reward, not even risk reward, but just there wasn't much variability in these shots. When you watch yeah. Abe answer hit wedge, 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 like with no wind and yeah. pretty soft greens, yeah. like it's, that's what you're going to get. But I think what's so cool is you have a tournament like Palm Springs or Vegas or well, Vegas was was kind of firm last time. I think we saw it, but you have a tournament like Palm Springs where that's a birdie fest, and you're like that's very boring. To yeah, me. and today mm-hmm. was a birdie fest, but like you didn't think anybody was going to make a bogey, but it was way more entertaining to watch Agreed. than like La Quinta. Or, it was also, or I mean, part of that's because it's the best players in the world. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. The field and, being well, so no bad. offense to Adam Wong, and, <laughs> no offense anywhere. And I think to your point, the visuals, like the trees, yes. right? It's, it's amazing. It's, it's they got the mega light down the stretch. Yeah. Shout, shout out, out for to getting the, that in and the drone too. Like some of those drone shots of they had up, the one up, up uh, eighteen. Yeah, like. like Kind of zooming in towards the green or Definitely. watching the guys walk down the fairway. That was so cool. It was gorgeous. Super cool when there's like six, eight guys left on the golf course. Yes. When you can, when you had the time uh, without the commercial wind. <laughs> I don't know. I'm serious. I don't want to get caught up in, like, I want to be clear on the drone take. Like, do I think the images are cool? Yes. Do I think when they get, whenever they get back to their 18 minute commercial windows and they're going away from live golf to show, a just I, I want to vomit with that tour they did oh, of the of the boats God. and the lighthouse. It was your friend that just got a drone that has to show you all yeah. the drone footage. That's like, dude, I I, I clearly see so, you have one. Be- between that, it was so gratuitous. Between that and them tripping all over themselves to get out 
and stop talking over the player caddy combos. That was great though. It was that, great, but they're right. so they're so obnoxious about it. I want I want to go back to to Webb for a second. Let me lay out my case and then I'll give you the floor. Okay. I I think I have really I think learned to love Webb. I never liked watching him before. I thought he was super boring, super vanilla, very class acts to her, uh, and just not interesting. And I think the more I've learned about man, this is becoming nothing but a power game and you you know, watching someone like Bryson and what he's doing is interesting for some reasons, but just seeing how far guys hit it and all these things. And then I, it really has allowed me to appreciate what Webb is doing and how he keeps contending on like, yes, a golf course like this for sure. But even like throughout the year, I mean, he's, he's around a lot and watching him, it just, it struck me today. He feels like like a guy watching on the couch got like a genie wish. Like I want to be like the best golfer in the world. They would look like Webb because he's not, he's not doing anything superhero. He's not doing anything that like feels unattainable or unapproachable. He's just, he's hitting a shot that like I can picture. And like, I have hit a shot like that in my life before, but he does it every single time without missing. And the missing. swing is a little homemade. Totally. Like, if there's ever a pro golfer for people at home to watch and try to like try to gather something from as to how you could get so much better, it's not Rory. I'll tell you that yeah, exactly. right now. Exactly. That's that's a like much Webb. more succinct way of saying what it's I'm someone to say. like Webb. TC before just interject because I had no idea, but piggybacking off you, DJ, for for those wondering, like last during the 2019 season, Webb was 145th in driving distance, which. Candidly, I had no idea he ranked that low. So yeah. that's to give you an idea of, of the stats. That's that's where he's at. Like watching him even today and, and throughout this whole week, it was I kept texting you guys like he should be 200 under par because he just keeps he just 10 feet below the hole, 12 feet below the hole, eight feet below the hole, 10 feet below the hole. He's just in the perfect spot on every single hole. And and, and no, to be clear, uh, he was second in strokes gained putting this week. I don't know if he should have been 200 under par. Abe answer should have been 200 under par. Definitely. Uh, but just, I wonder if we would view Webb's like last year a little more differently if things would have fallen out different. He lost in a playoff at the RSM in the fall for a runner-up. He finished second at the Wyndham. He finished second at the WGC FedEx St. Jude last year. And he finished second at the Canadian Open last year. Like it was Distant second. Yes, but still, he, yeah. one guy beat him in four tournaments in, within the last year. Or yeah. else that's, I mean, it's unrealistic to think all six of them could go your way, but like he could have a six year, hey, six win. Run. Is he manipulating the Sagarin rankings? <laughs> he felt like <laughs> With six. With all these solo seconds? The missed cut, he fell to like six this past week, but I think he's going to go. He's going to jump in the, <laughs> jump in the rankings this just, week. Just because I know where, where you're probably going with it, to balance the scale, what your your thoughts on I Webb? I don't like – everybody's like, oh, you hate Webb. I don't hate Webb. I just – like he just doesn't do anything for me. I respect him. I Shit, I mean he, he grew up in the southeast. Like I've been watching the guy play golf since I was 14 or 15. Like he's been really, really good for a long time. Respect the heck out of him playing a different game than everybody. I think he's like Philip Rivers, right? Like it, it, it looks awful when he does it. Like, you know, Philip Rivers has that that weird release and kind of that sidearm release. Webb, like I just I do not enjoy watching Webb hit a golf ball. That's and interesting that's because I know you love Philip Rivers, though. <laughs> <laughs> so I don't. Phil, you know, Philip Rivers. They they they're both from North Carolina. Many kids. They both have a million kids. <laughs> They both love the big guy upstairs. Yeah. Can I help you with this? Because I think I'm kind of with you in that I would say, I, I think I'm past this phase, but I used to kind of not, like specifically not root for Webb for no good reason. 
Yeah. It just comes in that like, you know what? Like I've heard a million great stories about how you're a great guy. I just, I don't feel anything when you're on the screen. I've since heard like one story in particular with a friend of ours that just like took him from like, all right, now I know I've heard you're a great guy to like, you truly are like the man and a great dude. And now I'm like, okay, I'm in, like, I'm all in. I, I've, I will root for you every time I see you on screen. And yeah. I, think, I thought his, his podcast interview too was like yeah. pretty, like I was, I've never heard him speak for a long period of time. Well, and I, I, I have forgiven him for the Birdman stuff <laughs> because that was a big jungle a, bird. I messed that up yeah. on the interview. It's jungle. It was bird. right there with you. That too. was a. Big, it would have been sick if it was the rapper Birdman. <laughs> <laughs> that was a big component, but I, I don't know. I guess for me, just like hey, I wanted to see what the did mega. You, what did you specifically not like about the Jungle Bird stuff? That he danced on his grave a little bit. Yeah, that he was like, oh, yeah. enjoy the jail cell, pal. That was yeah. bullshit. He was laughing. Mike Davis was really the guy who yeah. strong armed the Jungle Bird. Just no. to be clear, Webb, but but Webb Webb came off kinda, in that whole he kinda, instance came off as like the prep school, you know, and the polo. The sweater stuff. he was wearing yeah, did not help. <laughs> he kind of he spiked the football a little yeah. bit. Yeah, but you know, I think today, just looking at how it, all the different results that could have happened, Abe. Daniel Berger going back to back, Hatton, Sergio, Neiman, like all those guys. It's just I don't know. I mean, that's that's yeah. very fair. That in context makes makes a lot of sense, and I I, I see where you're going with that. It, it is get to a certain point with some guys too, where Webb's won six times. What does a seventh win mean to me as a golfer? Totally not. It doesn't really make a difference. And I, Kucha Better, falls in this category too exactly. of like you know when you win, I just don't feel that much. Would I have felt more if Abe won or something like that? Probably. But at the, at the same time, that's that's kind of where I fall This speaks out. to uh, being very psyched about our new gambling segment. Otherwise, yeah. I would have felt exactly the same way. Yeah. <laughs> but I was rooting hard for Webb. He, with a major in his pocket, though, he's got an outside look at the Hall of Fame one day. So, yeah. I, you know, there's no every, every, every Chichi Rodriguez. Well, yeah. well every, every victory got a player is, is too, very yeah. important. Which we and, know is very important. Yeah. But no, I was just going to say, like, he hasn't... I, he hasn't finished outside the top 40 in a major in his last 11 starts, which... Good at golf. Two top 10s, but, like, consistently very good. And, it, and I think that's... It helps when you just don't miss and you just drive it right. Great. The putter becoming, like, an actual weapon for him instead of, like, a yeah. semi-liability totally. is a game. It like, was kind of crazy. We're not, we're not even close to the end of Webb. Yeah. Kind of it was kind of crazy to see that he hadn't won Heritage yet. And I know he lost in a playoff to Graham McDowell back in 2013, but... I'm just going to push back a little bit on the dog or killer stuff. PGA Tour career playoff record, 2-5. and five. That hurts. Nationwide Tour playoff record, 0-1. Oh that hurts. Mm. He might be growing into a killer, though. Not yeah. everybody's born a killer. I still don't think he's a dog. I think he might be a killer, though. You don't think he's a dog? No. Oh, oh he, I think he, he's he, an absolute he's I think dog. his whole game he's screams a, He's dog. a golden yeah. retriever. He's a golden retriever. Yeah. That's what we that, said before. Shout out Sarah Endicott said he might be the golden retriever, like, who's flipped and now he's killing cats in like a gated community <laughs> it's a cooch exactly. situation yeah i got a question it's for tc what kind of rangefinder do you use uh precision pro randy what kind of rangefinder do you use <laughs> trick question Un- randy doesn't use a range <laughs> i don't believe in yardages but unbelievably i use a precision pro just like my man tc every golfer needs a rangefinder that they can trust to know the precise distance to their target whether you're on the t-box or in the fairway the no laying up team from the c-suite to the strap boys and let's dj what kind of rangefinder do you use uh, precision Pro as well. So Even the Narcs carry a Precision Pro rangefinder. Right now, the NX7 Pro Slope is on sale for $219. But listen, our listeners get an extra $20 off using the promo code NOLANGUP. By our math, I mean that I believe you get an award-winning slope rangefinder to your golf bag this summer for $199. Find that somewhere else. I'd love to challenge me on that. Actually, please don't. I that, won't that's read. about half the price. Yeah. It? 
some of the others. Some of the others. Plus, Precision Pro Golf is the only range fire that offers free battery replacement services, saving golfers both money and convenience. So you're not only getting a range finder, you're signing up for lifetime service. They're based in Cincinnati, Ohio, which uh, you know, we can shout out, of course. The Queen Ra- City. Big Randy's personal best score, I believe, came at Avon Fields there, uh, which is where they do their quality control tests. Exactly. Right down the street, right around the corner. Exactly. So, Unbelievable. If that's yep. not good juju, I don't know what is. Go to precisionprogolf.com, use coupon code no laying up at checkout for $20 off our favorite rangefinder. Stop sending me a message on Twitter about it. Just jot it down. Precision Pro Golf. Precision Pro Golf. Promo code no laying up. Uh, swing with confidence. Hit more greens with Precision Pro Golf. And you can send me a message. It's fine. Solly, speaking of hitting greens, man. Yeah. What a great transition into... Uh, Shout out to Kevin Dutchman. <laughs> <laughs> what a great transition into talking about Honest Abe, uh, Father Abraham. Uh, Randy, if I told you, you know, you're... you're tied for the lead going into the final round and you're going to hit all 18 greens <laughs> and lose, would that be deflating uh, or are you taking away positives from that? That'd be, I, I just have to tip my hat. You know, what else can you do? That's it. Uh, your, your Mezcal branded hat. <laughs> TC, that was a fantastic tweet. The, uh, it's a Mira hat. A Mira hat stamped with. Well, he used uh, to wear a Mira hat. Stamped yeah. with his Mezcal. His Which Mezcal I apologize. Cover. I called it a tequila. I think earlier. it's Mezcal. I want to, you know. I, I googled it and said tequila. Oh, this really? Is a free ad what, for it, so, uh, what's yeah. the difference? That's a great what question. Know, what an ignorant question. <laughs> Solly, I know you had uh, uh, tipped. Only tequila tipped. makes my clothes fall off. <laughs> <laughs> I know you had uh, you had gone hard on Honest Abe earlier in the week. I did. I picked him in a little DraftKings. A great pick, seventy to one. That what, felt really good. What What did you see this week? I mean, the guy hits the golf ball, and it it, it is again like we were talking about. Just a the whole time I'm watching it, I'm like ah. Look, I don't know if this will like translate great to like Beth Page Black, this playing style, but man, <laughs> is it fun to watch you hit there's no risk you're gonna miss a green. He wasn't even close to missing a green all day long. Is he gonna is he gonna win an open? No, he, he was close on the back nine. What was that? After the really bad drive. Yeah. <laughs> what the hell was that? He like He's gonna hit some squirrely ones. It was, the driver was they were talking about like I, I was tweeting a little bit of this. I'm like, God, he's so comfortable. He's so comfortable out there today. And that was right after he hit one. It carried like 236. <laughs> it got like 39 feet off the ground, and it was like the worst angle in the world, way left. I was like, yeah, I don't think that's what he was trying to do. I don't think he's comfortable at all. But that shot he was, hit into 15 over the trees, like oh, walked after yeah. it. They said, they're like, oh, yeah, he can definitely take that route. I was like, can he? Because he's been hitting the ball really low all day. He had day. like the stinger driver going. Yeah. It was watching I, I another shout-out to CBS, but I like – a lot of times the radar info just kind of washes over you or you just forget to actually like look at it. But really watching like the two different styles him and Hatton had going on, Hatton was legitimately hitting his driver three times higher <laughs> than Abraham was. And it's like, that's, that's Harbor Town, baby. That's awesome. <laughs> uh, no, he's fun to watch and fun to have wagered on and, bet, and ride that out. He's I'm confused. Fun. After watching him in the – in um, I mean, when he won the Australian Open and then watching him in the uh, President's Cup – and just a few other times, I've always thought he was this really standout putter. Like, and just being so little, you're like, all right, this guy must roll the shit yeah. out of the rock. Seeing some of the putts he hit today, I was like, man, you're you are not a good putter. <laughs> and I, I think the putting this week was just a little weird. It was I a mean, little bit of an outlier week. I think it looked like it very rolled, grainy, very yeah. slow, very kind of I don't know about inconsistent, but it, it was it looked like guys were having a hard time making eight footers straight up the hill. And maybe because I was watching a lot of Bryson putt early in the week, but it just balls were getting near the hole, and just yeah. once they slowed down, like they just wobbled a little bit. And it is so hard to hit your marks 
with it, like with proper speed and getting stuff to die in the way, if you're not positive how it's going to wobble, it can just mess with your psyche. But some guys one. obviously didn't have trouble with it, Joe yeah. Hatton and Webb, but it can throw off a very good putter. I would Looking think. at Abe's stats, like last year, he finished 113th on tour. Year prior, 2018, finished 127th. So, so I thought um, that was like the whole. I totally missed that. I'm that's with you. Putting. Yeah, I'm with you, Tron. Like I. I, I thought I remember the whole narrative of the President's Cup being like, this guy doesn't miss putts. Right? He's such a he's such a good putter. He's nails all day. Yeah. I'm like, huh, okay. Really? Uh, well, they may have just been, you know. Which I'm kind of shook on all the putting stuff after the whole Morikawa thing. But I would been say, digging though, deeper into that. And I would a say tough scene. if he's not a good putter, you definitely didn't hear from him that he was a good putter because he's never told a lie. <laughs> That's a great point. Yeah, and he so, chopped down cherry tree. Yeah, you got you to gotta think about that. Uh, we almost had Daniel Berger going back-to-back. Uh, that was un- somewhat unexpected. Vibing. That uh, one snuck up a little bit. He was vibing hard. I love watching Daniel Berger. Randy, what do you, what do you feel when you watch Daniel Berger? Uh, the swing makes me uncomfortable, but <laughs> I, I can't believe, what is he now, two or three rounds away from Tiger's record of most consecutive, consecutive at par or better? I think Tiger's record is 35 and Berger's at 32 or 33 now. And he just there goes he Berger. Just <laughs> the house. Yeah. Um, Completely vibing his balls off. Which I do have an honest question for the group. Is that what, like... I thought you were going to say he's two rounds away from Tiger's made cut record of 142. <laughs> no, 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 no. But, but is this, is a record like that, um, is it like the hit record, like where DiMaggio in baseball has, has the 56-game hitting streak record? But to get there, it's not necessarily indicative of, like, you're an all-time great. I, help me put into context, because... It seems like what thirty, I, and I don't have it officially. What thirty-two or thirty-three straight rounds at par or better, uh, closing in on the cat's all-time record. That seems well, like I'll really push, impressive. I'll push back <laughs> on the baseball thing with you because I, I can't remember anybody. Like I remember each year I had a had a great streak going at one point. I, I really can't remember anybody that that hasn't been a great player. That and granted, I don't really watch baseball anymore, but yeah, no, I mean. And maybe, like maybe DiMaggio's not the, an all-time great. You know? Exactly. Which, but you you have guys who will get up to like thirty some games, right. and it's like you know they you forget about them the next year. I don't know. Fair, I don't know may, where I'm going we, with that. We may forget about Daniel Berger but next that, year. We've done it before. But that's my whole point is you know two years ago if you had told me you know Berger might break Cat's record of most rounds under par on the all time on the PGA Tour, I'd be like, wait, what? <laughs> <laughs> I, I just I think to the point of us forgetting about Berger. Now I'm assuming that that was everything was risk related. Yeah, I think it's just fair to say if he's gotten back and been this good, we all kind of thought he was going to be a really good player, never really fully panned out. And if he's going to come back and be this good, I think we can just write off any slump based on the wrist because this is this is nuts. To Randy's yeah. point, like this is kind of weird thing to play. So. And that's like, how good is he? To me, almost like I waffle between is is he like. Uh, a rich man's Russell Henley, where he gets hot a couple times a week, or is he, you know, or is he like legitimately one of the ten best players in the world? I, I don't know. It's going to be interesting. <laughs> it's be interesting to watch. Uh, would have been for sure. I would I would assume the first time anyone wins uh, pretty ugly plaid jackets in back to back weeks. That, that would have been unbelievable. Yeah. That's the ultimate double, maybe. No, I can promise you, no one has ever and, worn the Schwab and the RBC in back to back. And he got a he got a seersucker jacket. No, for winning the- TC, he got two seersucker jackets <laughs> for winning the FedEx. So he's got a Memphis thing. 
you know, could, almost had four jackets. Almost as many jackets as boats. Which, Probably. if you have four jackets, do you really have one? <laughs> that's, uh, that's a great point. Going back to Abe, can we call? He shot 65 65 on the weekend. <laughs> oh, he shot 64 on Friday. People forget yeah. he shot 65 65 yeah. on the weekend. Berger shot 63 65. Sergio shot 65 65. Joaquin Neiman shot 63 65. But I'd like to call the 65 65 without winning. I'd like to call that, that the honest Abe. The honest Abe. I, I, I was going to say, sorry, real quick on, on Abe. This is the second time this year now he has shot uh, better than 20 under par in a four-round event. He was uh, 24 under at the American Express and f- didn't win. Jeez. I, if the tour offered a database where people could look up their own <laughs> stats, I would have to think there aren't many guys uh, that have shot that low without a victory. Come on, Randy. That's way too much to ask. <laughs> the worst day he had hitting greens was Friday where he hit 15. <laughs> he, hit, he missed seven greens this week. He honestly just greens. couldn't make any putts. <laughs> he really couldn't. Little ass greens too. These are among the smallest greens. Can I can I ask you guys? But question? maybe they're big for him because he's kind of. <laughs> <laughs> well, that leads into what I was going to ask. Five seven. You think you feel like that's right, or we feel like that's generous? It's like that, a Nick Saban five seven. Oh, Did you guys seven, see seven. the shots yeah. when uh, <laughs> Finau when it went Finau to yes. yes that was jarring. It, he looked like he was two feet taller. They did him dirty. He, he had to was... move the microphone <laughs> yeah. down. Abe looked like he was in like he was in seventh grade, <laughs> hanging with like the varsity team. It was unreal, and that that was. Anyways, I, I had no idea he went to Oklahoma. I learned that this mm-hmm. weekend. How about that? Would have been the first Oklahoma he's got grad a, to win uh, since AK. Okay, boomer. He's got an oil field <laughs> services. Uh, He's deep sponsorship in the oil too, which is a tough I think scene he's just these full, days. Well, I think he's just full mobile sponsorship too. I saw that on him. Oh, mobile. Uh, yeah, like mobile oil, big oil. Yeah. Anyways, uh, <laughs> no free ads. <laughs> Come on. Shout out to our friends at Mobile. <laughs> Let's move to Lord Tyrrell Hatton. Tron, what a loon! Sorry, Tron first. I love him, man. <laughs> what What do you love about him? I mean, his reaction when Slugger blew the horn. <laughs> His reaction to everything is great. <laughs> oh, this is horrible. <laughs> this what is they, horrible. What have they done? You know what um, it reminded me of was I wasn't even there for the strapped in Iowa where you asked, like you would say something to the beer cart girl and her response would like be like she had an, uh, she was misprogrammed. The response just was not commiserate with what you ever you said to her. Like, hey, yeah, we're just playing golf. Oh my God. That reaction to the horn blowing was exactly that. That's exactly, I, I totally agree. It He's, was the most reasonable thing to have happened today was they blew the and horn. And then he came back out right after and just drained the pot. Yeah. <laughs> He's he's the best, man. I, I love watching him. He's, uh, I, I want to give a shout out to a friend of the program, Spencer Hall, uh, likes to do something on, on Twitter called England or Alabama, <laughs> uh, where you, he'll post a picture and you got to decide if they're from England or Alabama. And he, Terrell Hatton might be like, I mean, he's like patient, patient zero. Fleetwood's up there too. Fleetwood's, of course, beef is really good. Uh, but he's just he's exceedingly British. Uh, just every fabric of his being. He's from High Wycombe, Berkhamshire, England. <laughs> or I'm sorry, Buckhamshire, England. Uh, he's just he's great to watch. I don't know. His swing makes me um, I, like I don't get it. Yeah, I'm like, with you. Like the balance and the I, I just. I haven't fully um, he's got processed some, it. He's got some of the Westwood uh, power plant kind yeah. of vibes going yeah. to him, you know, like shrunken down Westwood a little bit. The shot he hit, the pitching wedge he hit from like 140 from a very fair lie. He dead pulls it. It hits like the bank of the bunker and goes in the bunker. And first, I love when British people end like a little phrase with that. Like 
great bounce that. <laughs> and he did that. I was like, what did you expect? Well, you pulled it into the bank. You were expecting it to kick dead right onto the green, but I want to give a, he's entertaining. I want to give a shout out to Neil as well. I know he's not here to defend himself, but for specifically calling out and dunking on Hatton before the week, saying, oh, he's not going to play well. <laughs> uh, tough scene. What do you? What did you guys think of Answer walking off the green on 14 and going straight to the tee like while Hatton was still putting? I think putting? it was extenuating circumstances, yeah. which is they're trying to get done. Which... To Randy's I liked, point, I liked it. It would have been sick if Ryan Palmer started just grinding. I needed somebody just to slow it down, slow down the pace. Four corners offense, make everybody come back Monday morning. Guys, I'll I'll uh, I'll point your attention to something. This is where stats can lie a little bit. Oof. You know there are lies, damn lies, and then statistics. TC <laughs> Terrell Hatton, eleventh in strokes gained off the tee this year. First in strokes gained approaching the green, eighth in strokes gained around the green. Very few events, I would, 31st I would hazard a guess. Thirty-first in putting, first tee to green, and first in total strokes gained. Uh, uh, how many events? And one of them is a win. Eight measured rounds. <laughs> yeah, I was yeah. gonna say. So the fact that they even include him in the rankings, yeah, why seems is off, that? Right? Weird. Eight might be the minimum. I feel like that's could be wrong a there. very small yeah. minimum. That's a small sample size, right? It's all I used to wage that war on the baseball message oh, boards. Oh God, right? dude, just get me fired <laughs> up about that. <laughs> People will be citing OPS over the last three <laughs> games or something like that. Um, another, another, you know, again, I don't mean to, to spike the ball on him while he's not here, but another shout-out to Neil I want to give is he said in his DraftKings preview this week that he was going with all low-ball hitters. <laughs> For some reason, didn't pick Joaquin Neiman <laughs> in, in, in that. Uh, how – God, he's fun to watch. Like, uh, there's no way Neil knows that Joaquin Neiman's a low-ball hitter. <laughs> That's fair. Neil didn't look at the, at the weather forecast. Either, so it wasn't going to be windy. To play in the wind. <laughs> uh, solid. Talk us through Joaquin Neiman. What what makes him fun to watch? Um, he, it's interesting to see him come back from the Presidents Cup. I thought he like, it's it's hard to see a professional golfer. Harbor Town a lot better than uh, Royal Melbourne yes. for Joaquin Neiman. Yes, it's hard to w- see a professional golfer. I guess it sticks out when you see a pro golfer be visibly nervous. And yeah, uh, that's what the Presidents Cup looked like to me, and that's like the lasting memory. But yeah, he, the kid obviously can hit the ball, and I think you know somehow I I don't know what the translation is between how he hits the ball low and how well that played this week. But maybe with the greens as soft as they were, they're not you know he's able to get to a lot more pins, but. Uh, he can take it deep, and it's so easy to forget with some of these guys that, like, if he was American, like, he should be like a junior in college right now. Well, he's dude, one on tour. I forget if they said it on the broadcast or if it was Justin Ray that said it, but he would have been, if he won today, he would have been the youngest multiple winner. I I forget since who, but younger than Spieth. Really younger than younger Spieth. than Spieth. Two time winner. Yeah, I I was actually trying to research that, but if the PGA Tour had a database <laughs> that was available to everybody, um, you know they keep it behind the they only allow Justin Ray yeah. so them, he can, he can really and, uh, monopolize it. CDW, they just monopolize. It's it. disgusting. I I don't mean to lean right into the like a oh, low ball, you know that only means links golf, but I would pay a good deal of money to watch a feed of you know Neiman playing some links course when the wind gets crazy howling. I think that would be. But it's going to be exhilarating at some point. It's weird to watch him hit it. Like I've watched him at, Mir- at Muirfield Village hit it obnoxiously low on a course that does not require <laughs> that at all. Like you, you have to. He looks like he's trying to hit he it hits, that low. He hits trap draws. Pretty much, it's yeah. Spot for that trap. I feel draw. like Berger hits it really low. Like Berger and Neiman kind of remind me of each other. The way that they their swings hit it, the yeah. way they compress it, their body frames kind of are similar. Uh, can we talk about Sergio rolling the freaking rock down the stretch today? <laughs> Please. He made a move. The the birdies on 15, 16, and 17. He was rolling the rock. I was impressed. That was – he pops up out of nowhere, man. Yeah. I, I don't know. Like, I, 
He's one of those people. He he's not on your uh, your scouting report going into the week, and then here he is. He's one twenty sixth in the FedEx Cup right now. He's the bubble boy. He's, can we say <laughs> this? Please, can they get rid of the projected standings? Like, just, I just I will look at the actual stand. I actually do want to know at this point in the season where people are. But tell me where they are in the tournament. <laughs> yes, tell me where they are in the tournament. No, you can leave the. You, I'm fine leaving the the FedEx Cup standing up there, but please get rid of it being projected. Just tell me where they are in the standings. That's yeah. a very easy request. And it would I would think make you care more. Yes. I, I don't know. Whatever. It just blows me away that they never show where the guy is in the tournament. Yes. But they PGA show Tour the Live does now. Okay. PGA Tour Live yeah. will say like T4 or T18 now. But. Sergio's 40. He hasn't won since the Masters. Is he going to win again on he the He hasn't PGA won Tour? in the United States since the Masters. That's TC. Very, you. very Will he win again on the PGA Tour, though? Jingoist or Andy. Yeah. Yes, he will. Yeah, he'll win again. For sure. You led say, the field you know in strokes gained tee to green this I'm going to say no. Me too. Why not? Me too. Why not? I think, I think he's comfy. I think, I he's, think he is too. I think he's going to retire sooner than later. The guy's made, he's like top 10 all time in career PGA Tour earnings, <laughs> which is wild. Yeah. Like he should be comfy. Yes. Yeah. He's, yeah. He's, yeah. He's, he's very much G5. earned the right to be comfy. I guess what I'm saying is like, well, if I were him, yeah. <laughs> Chuck and Deuces, see you guys. He might. Well, his quotes this week might have been, you know, indicative of a guy that is we're, very comfy. We're going to get to our COVID section here <laughs> shortly. Before we do, we're going to quarantine that. Let's, uh, let's refer to what Randy called the, quote, cocaine train. <laughs> before we get there, Jordan before Spieth. we get there, should we talk about Bryson? I feel like it's all we've talked about for two weeks. We need to acknowledge his week. He was, it seemed like he was right there, and he just kind of fizzled yesterday. This seems like it seemed like he was getting squirrely with the driver, at least when I saw him. It was awesome. Uh, it was awesome. It was like... What you would picture somebody who's like, I'm gonna, I want you to hit. He's he's basically playing, uh, he's playing Fight Club golf right now. I, I want you to hit me as hard as you can, and you would think like when that starts to go sideways, it's probably gonna be pretty ugly. Harbortown seems like the place on the PJ Tour uh, where that would be his worst nightmare, and it seemed like he caught that a couple times. And I think he's gonna get to like Travelers. Like he'll, yeah, I don't know if he's in the field. I assume he is. Like he'll probably win at Travelers. Like, yeah, I feel I mean, like he like, can just bomb it everywhere. It was kind of a bad week, and he finished T. That's what I'm saying. Exactly. Yeah. Say that, that bogey on number two Saturday was like the OB ball or the yeah. last yeah. ball. Yeah, like, that's what I mean. You, like you, you make birdie there, and you know it's a two shot swing at least. And who knows what happens? I think there's a lot fewer Harbor Towns on tour than. Yeah. Uh, I liked his quotes afterwards. He's like, "If you want to be the number one player in the world, like you got to play around places like Harbor Town too." Yeah. When he gets to Minnesota, like that's game what I mean. Over. Yeah, it's gonna be nuts. Are you Harding, saying you can cancel Chris? <laughs> <laughs> he might win. He might win by ten at Harding Park. There's, but I'll yeah. tell you, there's no one that sucks at grinding worse than Bryson. Like, he he gets so butthurt. He acted like a bitch. He really <laughs> It was sick. <laughs> yeah. I think that's part of the appeal. I got a yeah. spoiler alert. He yeah. acts like a bitch every week. Yeah, well, yeah but yeah, he actually, more people like are watching bitch now. It was, uh, he couldn't it. get the putting Damn! figured out. He just, like, couldn't believe that he kept hitting lips, and he could not handle it. It How was about, great. He missed one shot, and he was walking off the green. Shout out to the, you know, the in, improved audio. He couldn't tell if it was... He, he was walking off saying, like... You know, I just I don't know if it was the clubs or the ball, but you stole my you hate to see it of the week. Oh, I'm sorry. Oh, we'll, we'll go into that right. in greater detail later. Right. Back in the cocaine train. <laughs> toot toot. Uh Jordan's what was the dead song? Riding that train. <laughs> uh, Casey Jones. High on cocaine. Uh Jordan Speed. You, you better watch your speed. He bogey I'm sorry, he triple bogeys his third hole of the week. Uh, which of course then I'm like, all right, you know what? Not as weak. I'm gonna go uh I I think that was Thursday. I'm gonna go I'm gonna go play some golf. We'll check in with Speed later. He rattles off six straight birdies on the back nine, shoots 66, five under somehow with a triple. You know, me and TC are 
we're we're just getting the getting the mirror and the razor blade out. We're, we're ready for for a big week. I thought we were gonna OD, man. And just a complete uh, just a complete fizzle. From As it there, turns so. out, that sixty six was like a pretty average round, <laughs> right? For yeah, that golf yeah. course this week. But yeah, we would yeah, find he, out later. He, he was he played great. He was seven under on the on a par thirty six side, and then. Yeah, I mean, he should have shot 62 or 63 that day. So, listen, Jordan Spieth, T68 this week. Uh, we don't need to spend a lot of time talking about it. I just wanted to clear up one thing. I, I think there's been a lot of talk like, you know, oh, all these people thinking Spieth is back. I don't think, he, like, I don't want to speak for you guys. Like, he's definitely not back. He's just fun to watch. Those definitely are two very different things. I think he's showing signs of life. Yeah. But, like, we talked about the the round-by-round round scoring stats and that stuff. Like, he he's... Thursday, Friday has not been the issue for a number of years here, and it's it's been the weekend, and it's almost like becoming kind of parody at how <laughs> how similar it seems to be going every single week. I mean, th- this is I don't have the numbers to compare this to anyone else in the field, but he had nine bogeys this week, um, a double bogey and an other. Like, honestly, if you looked at like the whole info for the course, it was comical how few bogeys there were. Yes, I mean that is. So many bogeys for that golf course. <laughs> I, he played like absolute shit on Saturday. He shot seventy five on Saturday. Well, and he's getting uh, the Mickelson treatment too now, where they cut to him hitting a two foot putt, and your first instinct is like, <laughs> oh, he misses this. And bud, that's not a fun place to be. No. That that is terrible. So I, I guess if if we're doing like what aged better uh, from last week's podcast, either you know. Me and TC and, and Solly really riding hard to be on the speed train. I'm or, still on it. Or Randy saying, like, slow your expectations because it's going to get worse before it gets I, better. I don't think that's representative of the conversation. Really? I don't think anyone was like, oh, he's back. I no, think no, we, no. we were saying we are here for the ride. Yes. And Randy is not here for the ride. That's that's a better and way. I want to clarify. Yeah. I'm a huge to speed fan, yeah, too. I just can't sweat with him day yes. to day, hold a hold, because it's too much. I, that's I, I don't. I, I can't have it in my I'd life. I'd much rather him be going through this now. And showing these signs of life, and then, but not, you know, not necessarily winning or that. And then he just builds and builds and builds into the fall. See, I, I think we were very, you know, upfront last week. First in strokes game putting, not sustainable week over week. Like, Correct. that's, we're not going to drain all those putts until it's not, you know, in week in the f- opening round, he was best in strokes gain approach, which is like, oh, you hit the shit out of his irons. Until we see that very clean from T to green, he's not back. It is way too much of a roller coaster, and like we've said, his birdie average, in, it's not great this year, but over the last two years, it's actually been really good. It's just he makes so many bogeys, and it's not cleaned up, and it's it's not – I don't think it's – Did he always make a lot of bogeys? Not really. Not to this level. He used, he used to be like, like a bunch of grindy pars. He was a – That's what I always thought, and that's what's really concerning. But, but that was just the putting masking some of that too, right? 2017, he was – like I think second in strokes gained T two green. He was in yeah, golf, like best he was iron player in the world, very good, and he didn't make a lot of bogeys because of it. And a lot of people thought it was all putting, but he was actually really good at ball striking. Twenty eighteen, yeah. he putted his dick off exactly. <laughs> and hit the ball like shit, and he had no results to show for it. So he doesn't go. He does not rise and fall with his putting. He rises and falls with his ball striking, like almost every golfer in the world, pretty I, much every golfer. But like 2015, 2016, is he making a lot of like? Or is, or is he just putting really well and hitting the ball really well? He's doing everything well. He's doing everything well. Right? Yeah. But 15 ball striking numbers were off the charts. Yeah. Super good. DJ, I don't want to rain on your parade here. Do you know who was mini DFL this week? Uh, no, go ahead. Chez. Mm. <laughs> rain on my parade. I've been very uh, – I've, I've 
was trying to punch Neil in the face on this. The the chess window may have been closing. I think Which, he kind of bottled something up at the end of last year, and I'm not sure it's really sustained. Well, but. and the worst thing you can do as a coach is, you know, that, that guy who comes off the end of the bench gives you the all-time performance. If you stick with him, you're going to lose your job, period. <laughs> they're, they're coach killers in the long run. Which, mini DFL is last place of the guys who, who uh, made the cut, and now they don't have the made cut, did not finish anymore. So... You know, we've got we've got a representative sample there. Randy, to your point, uh Spieth was fourth on the PJ tour in strokes gained T to green in twenty fifteen, ninth in putting, which is a great combination. You're gonna win <laughs> a lot if that happens. Good. All right. That's that's, that's enough about the people who were outside the top sixty five <laughs> this week. Uh TC, I think you mentioned it earlier, but spectacular field this week at Harbortown, which you know, you have the likes of Brooks, JT, Rory, Rory, Rom. Rory, disappointing week. I think right around 40th, Rom, 30 something. Uh, but Brooks and JT both flashing some mm-hmm. some form on Sunday. Any any big takeaways there? You're talking about JT Poston, correct? J- both JT Poston and Justin Thomas. Thank you for that correction. Okay. Some of the big, truly the great names in the game of golf. <laughs> Justin Rose also flashing some form. Two weeks in a row. Yeah. What I, do we I, What do we think of watching Brooks? Brooks looked kind of scary there for a while today. Yeah, and the thing he, that he couldn't make any putts. He couldn't make any putts. And I think the thing that stood out to me was his post round interview. He thinks he's close. And yeah. I, I don't know if that's just lip service, but if he thinks he's close, I you know, that's that's fun. That's good for golf, I, I believe. Brooks what? seems weirdly dedicated to the PGA tour right now. Like it makes me uncomfortable. Like he's actually seems to be pretty in. And it yeah. feels like there's good golf courses coming up yeah. where he can play really well and yeah. He doesn't I, seem I like he's mailing it in right now. He's shitting point. all over Faldo during rain delays. Which was great. That was sick. So for the people who didn't see this, basically Faldo had said, or I'm sorry, it started with Brooks. Brooks had said, you know, we don't need to be mic'd up because there's boom mics next to us on every hole. And if the announcers would just shut up, they would be able to hear everything we said, which we proved that this week. That's pretty much true. Uh, Faldo, of course... You know, made kind of a mockery of this on the broadcast and said, "Oh, here's who's Brooks hitting his shot, and uh, let's just be quiet so we can hear all these great things he's about to say." And then he goes, "Oh, that's fascinating stuff." When of course Brooks said nothing. Brooks said yeah. nothing. Was that a British accent? <laughs> I don't know what that was. I, I got really stuck between release patterns there. Uh, so then, of course, Brooks today on the ninth hole was playing like three twenty-seven, I think, something like that. Brooks hits it to three feet with his driver <laughs> and uh, quote tweets it. Says fascinating stuff. <laughs> out there today. So, uh, as I said on Twitter, I think you know the scholars are going to look back at this period and and analyze and celebrate just how petty Brooks is. Um, and I, I think that's going to be a really which is great big takeaway from this era. Absolutely. Which like Faldo, and that's that it is such a Faldo response. Like n- instead of hearing this very clear feedback of like. Oh, well, he says this, and there's no way he's right. And I want to honestly, I want to know if that was a canned shot that they knew he didn't say anything or if it was live. The conspiracy, button right? There, yeah, they alluded to it. <laughs> Nance alluded to it a couple times. He was like, maybe you should hop on the phone with him, Nick. And then uh, they alluded to it on Saturday. It was it, everything with Faldo is self serving. Maybe, yeah, maybe Brooke should jump on one of Nick's alleged many travel shows that he apparently hosts somewhere. Anyways, JT also looking great. Just sure, I would echo pretty much everything that we just said about uh, about Brooks. I mean, he looked great at Colonial. Bad final round. Couldn't make any bots in the final round, and then looked awesome today. What is sixty three today? Something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, sixty three, no big deal this week though. Two bogeys. Yeah. DJ, if everybody shoots sixty three, with two bogeys, anybody shooting sixty three? Laughable. DJ, I got a question for you. Please, I, I think you got some pent up rage or anger, maybe. Really, for Ryan Palmer. 
No, 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 no. That's a misreading of the situation. I, then why did you type, he's the worst? <laughs> no, that's that's a bold-faced lie. Uh, me and TC were talking, we were discussing Ryan Palmer earlier this week, and just kind of like what to make of him. He's been on tour forever. Uh, seems like a guy I should really like ride for. Seems like kind of gritty and, and kind of old school. And for whatever reason, I just, you know, I don't know, man. He just doesn't really do it. I was talking to Tron. He kind of strikes me as like a... Uh, I could see him being like a, a really, really good club pro, like the club pro that just beats up <laughs> like the West Texas section, but then also has to like be at the course early to, you know, like unlock the carts and, and <laughs> get stuff going. Like he kind of, he strikes me like that kind of, that kind of vibe. And Over, I just wanted to see what, what do we make of this of what, Ryan Palmer? I just want to get career earnings, Ryan Palmer. So much. $20, $20 million. Uh, More than that. Oh, more? I was yeah, I was gonna I'd say, say like fifteen. Twenty seven. Twenty seven. Really? Yeah. Holy <laughs> How about that? How many wins does he have? Four. He's very good. He's Go such ahead. a good iron player. Say it. But four is almost to Ricky. Right? <laughs> <laughs> was it two eighty percent of the way to Ricky? Uh I got I got two things real quick before we move on to more important matters. Um remember when Chris Stroud was like tied for the lead today? Quote tied for the lead. Yeah, yeah. he finished tied for twenty eighth. <laughs> <laughs> that was that was like. Did he stick around for a playoff? I, hopefully, yeah, I don't know. And then also, I'm concerned Matthew Fitzpatrick has the chipping yips. Oof. I think like, I have to talk to him about that. Like he was. Is that game was, recognized game situation? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he was. Takes one to no one. He was straight up awful when he missed a green this week. Actually, I was turned onto it. Callum Stewart, who was there for your. Alleged hole in one at Brora. This uh, what was that? Four years ago. Now, this is the first time my hole in one's been brought up, not by me. Exactly. Thank Congratulations. Alleged. Yeah. Happy alleged. anniversary. So Happy he was the alleged playing partner with Sally that day. But I was following him on Twitter, and he was just. I guess he had he had thrown some money on Matt Fitzpatrick, and he was he he was beside himself because he was chipping so poorly all week. <laughs> I'm so. uh, I'm ready for Matthew Fitzpatrick to do a little bit more. On tour, do you think? I think he needs to get rid of the Harbortown head cover. That's a bad vibe. He's he's a hundred and fifty seventh on tour this year in strokes gained around the green. That's Randy, you good. should you should get a spice bush head cover. <laughs> if they made them, I would get or, or a bag. You can make one. Like I'll make one for you, man. We okay. run a merchandise operation. <laughs> and again, I would I would again urge people to go listen to the Hilton Head Trap Draw to hear about Randy buying a timeshare at the age of what, like twenty four? I don't know exactly, but twenty four ish. <laughs> Right, right, right. Coming out of the the Great Recession. <laughs> Which, on that note, a shout out to store.nolangup.com. You want to give yeah. us any update? What's going on there? God, we're trying to just keep the shelves stocked. It's we never been... talk about it on the pod, but yeah. we have a a very large store, online store that uh, where inventory comes in and out. I don't know what's what's coming. Don't, up fresh. don't fluff it too much because we're we're, <laughs> we're gearing up for the fall for yeah. like late summer, early fall. We're gonna have a big, big Q three, Q four. But swing on by if you're ever feeling the need. Store.nolangup.com. All right, let's move on to what maybe might linger as the story of the week. I don't know. Nick Watney has uh, tested positive for COVID-19, as we heard on Friday. Um, Solly, let's start with you. What initial reaction when you when you saw this news come across your desk, your imaginary um, desk? Not, not surprised. I mean, not surprised. I think we were, I think everyone was prepared for this to happen quickly. I was very surprised to hear that he had come to the course after reporting p- potential systems uh, symptoms and not having his test results yet. 
which is I was kind of expecting. To, I, I I don't think we're out of the woods on that. I think is my point because you know there was the, the tour was quick to clarify Von Taylor and Luke List who were his playing partners on Thursday, which he, he took the test on Thursday that he you know and and was came back positive. They were tested Friday. Von Taylor and Luke List were, and they had said you know they're negative. But the way this virus works with an incubation period, like those guys, I don't as as I understand it, are not in the clear right. And so if Nick Watney, you know, is touching a golf ball that is going into a hole that everyone's reaching into. And I, it doesn't seem the bubble is very tight. So what worries me about this is like either the bubble's not tight, which it, apparently this came from the outside, or he got this from another player or someone else inside the bubble, and it's about to run rampant. I don't want to get dramatic. I don't want to get dramatic about that, but like that could come out within a couple of days of like, oh yeah, now it's got inside the bubble and it's going. Are you saying when COVID gets inside the bubble, you can you can cancel Christmas? Cancel Christmas. It you starts bugging its head. You can start canceling travelers. <laughs> I, and I was gonna say, if if you have a loose bubble, do you have any bubble at all? It's not much. Of a I bubble. think that's kind of the point, which I know a lot of people were saying. You know, just upfront is it's great that you're testing 400 people. Uh, you know, the players and caddies and staff and that kind of stuff but there's what 1100 or some on site just random volunteers and there's a lot more than 400 people on site at this event and of course people are you know you can't you got it seems like it's got to be one way or the other you got to either you know do what it seems like the nba is doing where you're you're keeping people even the euro in an, tour in an actual bubble the euro or, well, to be everything. fair the nba is not doing anything right now but they're talking about it you know what i'm saying though yeah you, you yeah, keep yeah. people isolated to like you are in the hotel or you are not going anywhere else or, you know, you kind of roll the dice and I, that's Can not an indictment of what the tour did. I mean, by all accounts, talking to people on the ground and talking to players and talking to other people. I mean, it, it seems like the tour has made literally like the best effort to keep everybody safe, to do what they can. It's just, I'm with you. It's like, but weren't they it, not supposed it, to, the caddies weren't supposed to be touching clubs. They're not going to be touching ball. Like, that, that was in was, the, that know. was in the, recommendations okay but i think it was funny to see all the all the british guys all the british journalists saying oh my good like just going nuts on it on, careful on with Thursday. the british accent yeah. it's, it's yeah. harder yeah. than it sounds um but you know they were all killing the tour i was killing the tour but i was killing the tour i don't like the fact that somebody yeah, tested, i remember grinding my feet <laughs> on the tour's couch the fact that someone tests positive i'm i'm actually surprised it took this long but the, the policy seems sound it seems like they're doing what they need to be doing based on their constituency. The players seem happy with it. That's what matters, I guess. But for me, it's like, why would, like, if the guy, if it warranted him coming in and getting a test, no matter if it yeah. was symptomatic or from his whoop band, then, like, why would you let him mingle around on the range and the practice screen and the parking lot? Like, that seems, regardless of what your policies are, that needs to match up with your policies. And that seemed very quick for everyone involved to be like, we're all doing everything, everything perfectly to protocol. Everyone on the golf channel is like the protocol is in place and it has been followed to a T. And I never saw the tour acknowledge that he had come. Maybe I, maybe they did. They never acknowledged that he came to the grounds Friday. That was uh, reported. Let me, let me read from the uh, from the statement that the tour issued, which was on Friday prior to arriving to the tournament. Nick Watney reported yeah. he had symptoms, blah blah blah, and was tested. So that turned out to not be true, and he was absolutely on the ground. Now the wording there gets them off the hook. That it doesn't say that he doesn't come to the course. And that's the whole thing that pissed me off yeah. on Thursday. It was like, like, cool. This is, maybe it's not straight up dishonest, but it's, you know, it's pretty fucking fuzzy then. So, well, I, I don't I, know. I, my, I think JT's comments were 
maybe more alarming than a single player testing positive. I like like you guys have said. I this was just a matter of uh, when, not if. And you got <laughs> you know the the tour has obviously been prepping this exact scenario uh, for a couple months. But I, I think JT and I don't. I'm sorry, I don't have the quote right in front of me, but. Essentially paraphrasing, yeah, guys aren't really like into the whole social distancing thing. You know, it's pretty loose with with everything. Well, I think he was speaking more about Hilton, Hilton Head, Head itself. Hilton Head sounded like the town from Jaws, basically. Okay. Where it was like or Jack's at, Beach, where we live. Or Jack's Beach, <laughs> yeah. which coincidentally seems to be having a bunch more cases <laughs> yeah. pop up after it opened. Yeah. But I think JT was definitely speaking much more about Hilton Head, saying okay. like you drive between the hotel and the golf course, and every restaurant is jammed. And it's and I, speaking to a couple other players. Uh, that were there this week, like they're they're like, dude, you you leave the hotel and it is. I can't believe how many people are on vacation this week and how yeah. packed. It's like for Hilton once Head the is. players actually seem like they're being relatively. Yes, the, the I, I didn't realize that. So that's great. So that's think, great context. But then of course you had like Brian Wacker had reported a couple weeks ago. You know, like or I guess last week at uh, was that a Colonial? I don't know. Times of times a flat circle. It all kind of blends together. But he was saying, uh, you know nobody's really taking it seriously and all the caddies, they don't care and they're going to eat and stay wherever and blah, blah, blah. So it's, who knows, man. It's Quote a, from Bob Herrick, JT speaking some truth. <clears throat> no offense to Hilton Head. No offense to anyone. No, of course. Uh, nobody. <laughs> but they're not seeming to take it very seriously. Absolute zoo around here. People everywhere. The beaches are absolutely packed. Every restaurant from what I've seen when I've been driving by is absolutely crowded. So moving, uh, moving to Connecticut this week, I would... Total conjecture, but I would think like the Northeast seem would seem like For they're taking sure. it much more seriously. For sure. yeah. And I just even having like I had my brother come down a couple weeks ago from Chicago and even just him being in the South in general, but being in Florida and he's like, I can't believe like why are like nobody wearing masks? Like this is unreal. Like in Illinois, like you can't do anything. It, it's Every single person has a mask on, like all the time, is the the feeling that it kind of has, and I would imagine the Northeast to be probably a little. I know the Northeast is big, but I imagine it'd be a lot more like that. But this is this example is again why the distancing stuff for the players and caddies inside the ropes is extremely important, right? If you play eighteen holes and you're play, there's six people in your group and you're like, let's just do away with the fist bumps on eighteen. Like you don't need to do that. Let's just all agree. I saw a lot of air hands. fist bumps. Yeah, today. that's fine. Like, seriously, if we if these guys want golf to continue, still no namaste. This, so this shit is going to be important when they cut to the range today, and everyone is like, the coaches were out there and like talking to the caddies and stuff. And yeah, you're technically within the bubble, but there was not a lot of distancing going on there. Which I, I would, will say, I think you know, statistically, I'm not an immunologist or anything like that, but I mean, it does sound like from proximity outside, there's not a whole lot of outdoor transmission. Let's hope that's the case. What I, I mean, I hope the stationary microphone CBS has set up gets wiped down in between every use. I would think all players kind of getting close to the same microphone. Well, doesn't seem great. Hopefully, Abe didn't pick anything (laughs) up when he had to move it down. Bottom line, like just to the tour, like just don't don't be like dishonest in your statements. Yeah, right, and like try to cover your ass and then get caught in the kind of in a not a lie, but like yeah, just just be straight up, man. What um. Does it, does it give you guys any concern going forward? Do you think the schedule is going to go forward as as uh, dictated? I think it will. Going to go forward, yeah. I mean, I, I think there's definitely concern that if it got in the bubble, then that gives me a lot of concern about the bubble. I don't really think it's much. Do we know where Watney got it is the question. Absolutely not. He was yeah. not on the, the charter. 
He was not. He rode with Sergio, which uh, leads me to my next question for you, Randy. You wanted to ask me a question earlier. I'm going to ask you a question. Sergio, uh, in an offhand <laughs> moment of levity, I believe, <laughs> uh, said it's a bummer that Nick Watney, of course, they both live in Austin. They shared a plane to uh, Hilton Head. Said, you know, it's a bummer Nick Watney uh, got it. There's there's many more guys on tour that deserve it much more than him. So I guess I would ask you, you know, give me two or three names. What <laughs> what do you got? <laughs> who who deserves the COVID? Yeah. You know, I, I, are, we, are we talking the COVID-19 or the COVID-20? No, 19. Okay. 19. We don't even want to, you know. COVID, it's not I heard, I heard a particular Australian guy already has already has the twenty. <laughs> I listen. I'll come better prepared next week. I I wouldn't want to. Why don't you just think, Why don't bus. you just think about it and then yeah. If you if any names pop pop up, you just shout them out. Matthew Neesmith. Really? Why would you say that? Well, he's on my FedEx com- Cup squad. Completely nothing personal. Clemson guy. But if no, he's if, a no. South Carolina guy. Really? Yeah. If like oh, no. my bad, if he didn't play in <laughs> a tournament, <laughs> I'd never know the difference. Oh, that's you're you're a scumbag. <laughs> I want to give Sergio the benefit of the doubt on this comment that I think he meant like people that have been less cautious about it, but it's also Sergio, and I don't want to give him any benefit <laughs> yeah. of the doubt. So. I, and I'm I'm playing the bit for you, DJ. I, of course, I don't wish anybody uh, the COVID. That's. <laughs> That was an unfair spot to put. Nor does I believe Sergio. But let's get into Amsterdam, should we? Let's get into our coverage. Yeah. Section. What's what's our how much how much time does everybody get? I'm going to dictate since I think we talked a lot of coverage yeah. stuff already. Fifteen seconds. Perfect. Fifteen and seconds. For I everybody. have a I have a motion for the group before. Okay. I don't know if it needs to replace Amsterdam or maybe it becomes Amsterdam or uh, in the spirit of the Chaz that has popped up in, <laughs> in Seattle. <laughs> I would uh, I would like to put forth a motion to name Hamsterdam the coverage hot take autonomous zone. <laughs> Otherwise, means the Chaz. The Chaz completely community policed. Uh, we're we're just kind of looking after each other, and we're but we're keeping it tight. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. The Chaz. If it pleases yeah. the group. I, I've, Should we call it the Chaz? <laughs> <laughs> Gentlemen, welcome into the Chaz. Uh, who wants to go first? I will. Sure. So, all right, Neil. Or sorry, Randy. You got 15 seconds. I got the. T- I got the timer. Ready? Okay. Go. I'm the only thing I wonder is did CBS run out of commercials because of the weather delay, and that's why they couldn't show anymore. And I will yield the rest of my time back to the committee. All right, Tron. That means you have 20 seconds. How does he keep getting all the extra bonus time? Yeah, right. Solly, you got 20 seconds. I don't even want it that badly this week. I I just want to say again, I I enjoyed the coverage this week. I don't need I don't need more than what we got out of today on this Sunday. That's the overall point. Do I think it's going to stay forever? No, I don't. But I don't want to use any of this time to to rip on CBS until we get to the Nance part. Okay. Solly only used 15 seconds. Yeah, you have 20 seconds. (laughs) TC was hawking that count. All right. So yesterday, or Saturday was fine. It wasn't great. Today was great. I think they got crowned by the rain delay for sure. For sure. Uh, I think they also overstepped their bounds completely last week on the commercials. Habitual Um, line this, All this says is just how freaking stale and lazy they've been for the last 10 years where we're seeing a little bit of incremental progress. 20 seconds. Your time is up, Senator. Good job. You got your point in. Did you want any? Uh, Yeah, I'll take 15. Here's what I'm going to say. Nance mentioned on the pod, everybody knows the production meetings that they have for before football games. They meet with the coaches. They meet with the players. Let's do that in golf. Sure. These guys need to sit down with players. They need to find out how they're playing the course, what clubs they're hitting, all kinds of stuff like that. Which, like, isn't that their job to be doing that anyway? Like, wasn't that happening on the range anyway? And my, my time is done, but I'll continue this conversation if it pleases the court. That yes, but like the players are not agreeable to do fucking anything, as all of us in this room know. And so I think without like a full on structure from the tour that says, hey man, you are mandated to do this. We need yeah. five players a week. 
doesn't have to be the same five players every week. Doesn't like preferably isn't the same five players every week, but five of you need to go in at three o'clock on Wednesday and sit down with the CBS crew and talk about how do you play 13? How do you play 14? How do you play 15? What clubs are you hitting? What do you got going on in your personal life? All that stuff would make God, that would make, I think, the coverage so much better and talking i i heat check this take with a couple players like hey you know am i not seeing something are these guys like reaching out to you or like pumping you for info and do, no doesn't sound like that's the case i mean so how DJ, there's we... no way you're gonna get that through the pack 10 minutes 15 minutes of these guys time <laughs> <laughs> during to, a tournament week are you serious to massively improve yeah. the the most forward facing <laughs> part of your business but how how else will we I didn't learn DJ could dunk a ball until I heard it for the 15th time. So and how else will we learn that's that? That's what happens otherwise. And yeah. I, I feel a little bit for the broadcasters, just having to work, you know, having to work for the tour and ask players to do stuff. Like, dude, they're they're prepping for a tournament and they're not down for giving you a lot of time. A lot of guys are, and a lot of guys yeah. are happy to help you with whatever. I think we saw a lot of this. The Canadians. The, the Canadians <laughs> will help you with anything, as we saw. <laughs> Shout out to Adam Hadwin mic'd up this week. Yeah. Yeah, just, God, I think that would help so much. And I think, like... Otherwise, you're just relying on the same, you know, two or three coaches that you know, and you're texting guys for info, and it's just like Ian Baker Finch is not. It's no, you know, slight to him. Like he's not hanging out with these guys and like going to dinner with Doc Redman and like learning about him. Like how the fuck would he know anything? Like what, what's he going to learn about that guy that you know besides like what's in his PJ Tour profile? And that's how you get to yeah, he can he won the U.S. Amateur. Yeah, good player. It's like dude, we gotta. We got to bridge the gap here. I think. I think that would be a huge help. Yep, I agree. All right. Well, speaking of the coverage, let's get into. You know, I mentioned at the top of the show we had the velvety dulcet tones of Jim Nance on this here podcast earlier this week. Uh, Solly, of course, an interview that you conducted. Let's uh, let's let's go to you. Let's go down to Solly now for his gut reaction. Well, I kind of want to get your guys' feedback on it first. First off, I just I wanted to say that we. Sincerely appreciated the time and the effort and the dialogue, if you want to call it that. I think we'll have we have some kind of feedback on how it went, and we you know we got we got a lot of feedback, a lot of reaction to it. But first, I kind of want to hear what you guys thought. I thought Nance scored a spectacular own goal <laughs> in continually pointing out that they are under the same commercial load as as their competitors at at uh, NBC, which it's like, uh, man, like Jim, like that cool thanks for letting us know but like that that makes you guys look that much worse because like why do i like nbc's coverage that much more than your coverage like so the difference isn't the commercials it's what you're doing when you're on the air and to that point we have been clear that the tour contracts stipulate the amount of commercials it's yeah. not like cbs plays more commercials than nbc yeah which, so i think we've yeah. been pretty consistent about that yeah so it's kind of a, a straw man from him yeah i i would and agree I, with that i was Kind of shocked. I would echo you. Very cool that he wanted to come on and, and cool that he wanted to start the dialogue, as as I believe you said. But, yeah, I don't get why constantly pointing out, like, no, 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 like, we're on the even playing field, man. Like, that just – it's like, oh, well, I already liked that one way more. And now, like, you also don't even have any more restrictions. Well, like, that's way more impressive what they're doing over there. And then also, I, I think from the perspective of – it felt like a lot of the criticism that – he had referenced or that he's heard has been through third party. Like he's getting it in a game of telephone. Yes. So he's not getting it from the source. He doesn't. So it's watered down by the time it gets to him. Exactly. And, and, and I think that that plays a, a big part. And I think you really kept him on his toes by he was expecting hostility and you completely flipped it on him. And, and I, I thought that was sick. Well, I want to, yeah, I want to ask you about that. So you, you know, 
when people s- fired up their podcast feeds and saw like episode whatever uh, with Jim Nance, I'm sure they were expecting that same thing. And oh man, all these guys rip on CBS all the time, and they they're you know this is going to be really the the comeuppance. I'm curious why you didn't uh, go harder at him on some stuff. If you go back, if if you if you can stomach it, if you go back and listen again. You can see, and I, I'm not going to claim that I was perfect in this, but I, I tried very hard to ask him questions about his job, right? I didn't want to direct criticisms, and I meant this when I said it to him. Uh, like, our beef is not with you. Like, the way you do your job does not materially affect us as, as viewers, right? And I can promise you, if Lance Barrow was in that seat, like, I would, the lead producer for CBS, like, I would be asking a lot of questions because I would want some answers as to why blah, 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 why this hasn't changed, why you do this, why blah, like a million things, how it's possible, how you lose track of the leaders and don't, and just the frustrations would have come out there. I felt there was no point. And if you couldn't tell by the way he was answering the questions, there was definitely no point in directing those questions at him. So there are some people out there that wanted us to fight and wanted all that. And that I wasn't there for that. I was hoping for more. uh, If you couldn't really tell, I don't think he really listen that closely to what the critiques were. He didn't really ask me what they were. He kind of, even the questions I would ask, the answers weren't directly related to that. It he was, was, he was filibustering you essentially. It was, it was he had a, a, a several points and things he wanted to get off his chest and say, and kind of it, it like to your exact point, Tron, he didn't, it doesn't, it wasn't like a reaction to the criticism. It was like, all these guys are hard on us. I need to tell them how hard golf is to cover on TV, which I think almost every conversation we have about it is like, dude, no one's saying this. Is, like, no one's saying this is easy. The first sentence of the first piece we ever wrote about coverage yeah. stuff back at, at Riviera four and a half years ago, it said, televising a golf tournament is very hard to There's do. There's a million balls in play, <laughs> all this, blah, blah, blah. But all this to say, like, if I'm Jim Nance and I have worked for CBS for 31 years and – like the and these idiots have been in around for five or whatever it's been, and they've been criticized. Like I, I would have a hard time. Like I'm not saying he's brainwashed. I'm saying like that is what he's like dedicated his craft to, like being a part of CBS. And so, should he come on? And, does he probably view himself as like a spokesperson and want to speak on behalf of the whole crew that no doubt works hard and all the things he said? I didn't have the like the heart to really engage him on like, yeah, I, I've been to tournaments and watched that camera crew work really hard. And that's what has blown my mind as to what we get on TV. It's like, it's not like you're not capturing the shots. It's just, they're not making it to air. And so it, yes. Could I have pressed him harder? Of course. Do I think that we were going to get the answers we wanted to these questions? Absolutely not. Like I promise you we weren't. And if you couldn't tell by just the way that that, that whole thing went down, that we weren't going to get that. I don't. I don't really know what to tell you. I think one one more big takeaway I had that's kind of in that vein is you could tell. This is going to sound very backhanded, but you could tell how just how much CBS enjoys. You know, you're not watching golf. You're watching golf on CBS, and that's been, I think, at least for me, that's a massive, massive part of my frustration. Is like, man, I just don't like how you do this. And there, I, you know, we could talk about different things or whatever. It's not a technical thing. All your shots look, you know, the shots look great. Blah, blah. I just don't like it's, it's the your, way you package it. Yeah, it's your Tommy Boy analogy. <laughs> yeah, I don't like you. You know, I probably never will. <laughs> you're a short, <laughs> you're, you're smug, unhappy little man. You treat people like they're idiots, uh, which is a little bit how how yes. I felt with with Nance. You know, like you you guys just you don't understand how hard this is. And and, and so what I'll say, building on that, is. 
I get how CBS would have fallen into that because I have watched golf for so long. Uh, yeah. And when you have Gary McCord and Costas and Faraday for so long, like that is a very unique presentation. And I can see that being part of, and it was part of, that's a unique thing that people tuned in to watch those personalities for a really long time. That got stale like five to seven years ago. And I think they've just been really slow to figure that out and realize like, oh shit, man, people don't think this is like funny anymore. People don't think this is cool. Like, what do you, what do you mean? I thought you guys liked this stuff. And yeah. now the personalities they have are just, they're extremely knowledgeable about golf and they're great and they're very like utilitarian. But like we were talking about earlier, Tron, it's like, you guys are vessels to just like talk to me about the golf tournament. You're not very entertaining. You're not very funny or interesting. Like just you got to change your packaging. Show me yeah. as many golf shots as you possibly can. Show me the and tournament. Cover it like a, a yep. sporting event. Yeah. Not like you know some some weird pseudo documentary. Yep. <laughs> and that's what I thought they did a great job of today. Which so. I think we've been pretty clear in our documentation of the issues along uh, and this made me think differently it made me or it made me think the message has not gotten through so we're kind of kicking around some ideas of like how we're actually going to come together with like okay let's make it more clear what we're talking about here right and a lot of the things he said i all right so he says you know do you do your podcast without advertising it's like <laughs> Buddy, Dude, that's not the comparison I, you want to make. I promise you don't want to compare the amount of minutes we are on. Lou in, Brown in detonated ads, him. In ads versus that. what you guys have. And guess what? Like, there People have other options for podcasts. If we ran 18 minutes of ads, we would get decimated. Like People would not listen to this. They are the sole rights holder. In that's, this we don't have another option. That's my biggest takeaway that I want to yeah. keep <laughs> screaming at every turn, and I promise we can move on from covered stuff, is the whole like – yeah, but there's just so many obstacles and you guys don't realize, you know, you don't realize how hard this is at every turn needs to be met by every fan with, dude, you don't ha realize how many other options I have of things to do on a Sunday afternoon. Yes. Like, I don't have to watch this. What what makes you think like I have to do this? Like, <laughs> well, why, your sob story doesn't mean anything. That is super not my problem. So like either you figure it out or like I will go do something else. Right. And that is to be shared amongst the tour and the networks as a whole. Yes. Like I don't push that part on CBS at all. And like, th that's why I didn't even want to waste time like talking about it. He, like, I didn't ask about that. That's what is also frustrating about this is, you know, I, I didn't really even get like direct answers to a lot of the questions. And I can safely say if the interview was in person, it would have gone differently. And he what, very much offered up to yes. come on again. And I think we should do that. I would love to, I would love to strategize a little bit more on it. And I would, I do, you don't have an opportunity when you do an interview over the phone to interject. It can be very rude. I don't want to be rude to Jim Nance the first time I've ever talked to him. I want to treat him with respect. He deserved that. He volunteered his time. And I we honestly sincerely appreciate that. But you can't I didn't want to I don't want to get in a fight with him. I don't want to debate him. It's not that I'm afraid to. It's just not who I we want to direct this at. It, well, I'm gonna interject you and sure. cut you off and we're gonna move on to the next okay. the next segment. I appreciate everyone that listened and shared feedback. I honestly do. I'm not upset at anyone that you know said you should have pushed harder or any of that. I I get that. I just wanted to explain that it was a conscious de decision not to. It's not that I'm afraid of debate. I'm not afraid of confrontation. It just was not the time, and I can promise that I'm very confident in saying that. It, embrace debate. <laughs> sure. <laughs> uh, should we talk about the Ryder Cup? Sure. Let's do it. BMW is, of course, a global partner of the Ryder Cup. They're a global partner of ours as well. And there's some news broke last week that you know we kind of we didn't we missed not we didn't miss it last week. Made some comments online, but. There was a lot going on with the return to golf last week. We did get discussed. Return the to golf. Trademark. trademark. Sorry. Uh, 
that the U.S. is now having six captain's picks as opposed to four uh, and six automatic qualifiers for the Ryder Cup. Uh, the current top six, Brooks Kepka, DJ, Patrick Reed, Xander Shoffley, Gary Woodland, and Webb Simpson. Now we're going to be making six. Do we? Do we? Is that current as of like after the You have to ask heritage? Mr. DJ Pie here. Uh, the standings. That is They'll probably be updated tomorrow. last updated June 21st. So yes. So, okay. okay. They are updated. Um, so yeah, we, do we anticipate, Randy, what do you think about uh, the fact that they've gone to six captain's picks? I like it. I've been on the record. I wish they would go to 12 captain's picks. I, that would be the dream. I, I think that's, that's if, the world we want to live yeah, in. Yeah. If you're going to have a captain, let it be entirely their team. I would get rid of everything. So to answer your very specific question, I am, uh, I, I love it. I'm very much in favor of it. TC? I know um, you're Team Europe. But. I'm right with Randy. I think yeah. 12 captains picks. Oh, my fear with this, and yes, I am Team Europe, but my fear with this for the U.S. is that they're just going to basically go, all right, cool, we're going we're gonna to do four of the next six, and then we'll go totally off the grid for the next two. And, we'll and pick 14. And, and pick numbers 11 and 12. <laughs> <laughs> they probably will follow it very closely. Deej, what do you think? Yeah, I, I of course, agree with my, uh, with my associates, but I do think it's, you know, you can't, you can't swing the door quite that far. Uh, progress is slow, Randy. You're such an incrementalist. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Uh, I am. And I, I do think, I mean, meet me halfway. Like, six and six is a good compromise. Six is, it's a hell of a lot better than two yeah. or four. I, I agree. So I think it'll be fun. And I'm, I'm curious if we got a long way to go. But, you know. Looking, Not that long. Looking at, I guess that's that's true. Which June's what, almost over. Three months? Yeah. Le- yeah, three months till the Ryder Cup. Well, looking at this list, who's, you know, if you ballsy uh, faux captains over there want to pick some guys from off the radar who like who's who, who do you got on your eye on well i mean if the guys that are outside the list right now i think jt and a healthy tiger easy picks well let's get like seven through 12 like seven through 12 it, it, is, it's not going to have a tangible impact right now I, I think all right this isn't personal for gary woodland but he's the only name that on the sheet that jumps out to me is like I don't know if I need him as an automatic qualifier. Like what about I, Patrick Reed? <laughs> he's probably going to be pretty hard to bump out of the third spot, but I, Patrick Reed's been on a bunch of teams and has had some success. Did not in the most recent one, of course. How is he in the third spot? Do you want to talk about the point system? Because <laughs> that's, po- that's also a point I'd like to make and how people just... That's t- jarring. People just take this point system to be gospel and think like, oh yeah, how can you pass up on the ninth guy on the list? I explain you want to like explain to me how the points actually work and it's terrible how they work and they follow <laughs> the money which is you know it's it's hard to explain it's going to probably take a while we can do the cliff notes version of the big version but or the give me the know, cliff notes cliff notes low, is like, low context version all right if you win a tournament you get uh, you know, a point per $1,000 that you've earned. And if you get second in that tournament, finish one shot behind, you get way less points than that. And you have not incrementally performed that much, poor, that like that poorly. It is just heavily it's even weighted. more pronounced for majors too, right? It's, it's way more. double points for majors and there's already extra money for majors. Yeah. So like Jimmy Walker played his way onto the 16, allegedly, allegedly. The, the 2016 <laughs> Ryder Cup team by winning the PGA. He was in 29th place, wins one tournament, and then you're in fourth. I'm sorry. I know people say, oh, you win a major, you should make the team. Like, why? Reward consistent play. This is why you keep ending up with shitty, weird teams, and you end up with guys that you don't want on the team. So the the point system is just, it's kind of silly to begin with because the idea would be if somebody qualified on quote-unquote points, you would want to select them for the team anyways, right? Right. So the points only really work for guys that you don't want to take on your team as captain's picks and are stuck with. 
So the least amount of guys you can have like that, the better. So going to six, yeah, couldn't be more. All right, favorite. so well, let from, me read. Let yeah. me read seven through twelve. Points are yeah. stupid. Well, do yeah. we have breaking news music on that soundboard? Because they've updated the standings after oh my the heritage. Gosh. Yeah. Kepka's one, Webb Simpson up to two, Whoa. DJ three, oh, Patrick sorry. Reed four. That was in the last Xander 16 90 seconds. seconds. <laughs> and Gary Woodland sixth. Okay. JT seven, Bryson eight, Tiger nine, Finau ten, Berger eleven, Kucher twelve. But so like how it works is Woodland's still getting a bunch of points from last year's U.S. Open, right? And just again, this is not targeted. The Pebble Beach program, yeah, the USGA Pebble <laughs> Beach program. But let's say he plays poorly leading up to it. Like, why should the U.S. team be hamstrung to take him? Like, why should they have to take him? But you're preaching to the choir. Yeah, yeah. I, I'd say DJ to your point. Like Bryson has to be on the team. Well, and I, I, I think he'll eventually get in on points. But let me let me lay this out there for you now. JT, I, I would think is probably going to be on the team. Bryson's on the team. Cats on the team. Finau's got to be on the team. I would take the six captains oh, picks oh. over the six qualifiers. Finau, right now. I'm not I, taking Finau. I'm not. Oh, I'm not get out of here. Ugh. Two and one in France. He was yeah, great. Burger, I really like on the team. Yeah. And then, so that brings team. us to Kucher, who shouldn't have been on the last literally three never Ryder shoot Cup over teams. Kucher has <laughs> been the weak link for for twelve years now. So I'm let's, with you there. Let's get kick Kucher off, and then I want you guys. You know, you're talking about how wild you got to get with your captain's picks. Like, give me a name, well, someone who's off, down the list. Stinky I, I, Jordan. Oh yeah, it's an entertainment product for me. So give me Jordan, give me Mickelson, like give me give oh, me the no. guys that really entertain me. Colin Morikawa is on the team though. Like that's not even bold. Like Morikawa should be on the team. All right, so over really? Cantlay. Dude, oh my God, yeah, I'm no, get on Cantlay's this, on I'm for gonna, sure. But, I'm gonna get but, on this. But block. if it came down to Cantlay or Morikawa, who you Cantlay? For ten times out of ten, Cantlay. Dude, I. The Morikawa putting stuff scares me. You guys are way overreacting to the putting spooked, stuff. I'm spooked, man. You guys are way overreacting. Careful. Be awesome in a Ryder Cup setting. That's what I'm saying. That's what I'm like. Careful what you wish for. I, I don't know. Uh, any any other names jumping out at you? How about Max Homa at 23? Would, I mean, I didn't listen. <laughs> like For this table, it would be an awesome pick. Scotty Scheffler at 33? Joel Damon's plans are really good. Lonto Griffin, 35. There's going to be some options for there. I, do I think the U.S. is going to like you do a great job with these six and be bold? No, of course not. <laughs> but is it a good step in the right direction? Hundred percent, big fan. So oh, is, wrapping up our BMW. Thank you. Shout out to BMW, of course, our, it, our great partner. Uh, speaking of, and they're a global partner, so I, I yeah. would like to talk about Europe as well. Are, are the Europeans also doing a six? No, six and six. I don't think I, I don't think it's been announced if they are, but they've okay. frozen their points earning system as it is. But okay. I'm sure there's going to be more to come. Which I think which, they're going off your captain's picks that you had in their Ryder Cup well, draft podcast yeah, a couple months ago. Exactly. It'd be, it'd be fun to revisit that already because I think there'd be some changes to those teams. Toto and so. I. All right, last last topic, last big topic for discussion. Uh, Soyeon Yu won the Korean Women's Open, donated her entire check, 170,000 pounds. Uh, or I would assume the, the equivalent yeah. of 170,000 pounds uh, to COVID relief. Randy, you're a, you're a resident LPGA expert. Not the first time she's done this. It's it's extremely impressive. First and foremost, uh, secondly, it's 250 million Korean won, Correct. and uh, that translates to roughly 206 thousand dollars. TC, I know you're a, a big U.S. global currency guy. Um, I think uh, yeah, I'm not sure what else. Uh, you know, she donated a second place check last year as well, or I'm sorry, half of a second place check I, to uh, brush fire relief in I, Australia. last. So year. I've been, I've been getting deeper into the LPGA scene uh, over the last couple of years, quite honestly. And it's a tour that consistently like rewards me for that investment. 
yeah. b- between like player actions like this, tour communication, stuff that Mike Wan does out of his commissioner office. Uh, I, this is just more of the same and all the kudos, uh, all the kudos to her. I want to bring up one, not to make everything cynical, of course, but <laughs> it kind of flies in the face of a little bit of what it seems like we're seeing on the PGA Tour right now, which is the fact that purses have stayed exactly the same. I don't, to my knowledge, I'm sure that guys have done things behind the scenes, but to my knowledge, I definitely can't picture or haven't heard of a gesture like this on the PJ Tour where we're talking about quite a bit more money each week. And I'm curious if that surprises you guys. I'm curious how that jives with, you know, the charitable mission of the PJ Tour. And if this is going to start to grow a little louder, because talking to quite a few people in golf, it really seems like it's going to. It's a leading question for you, but just, I would just say, <laughs> yeah, I, I would just say it's time to kind of explore that question. I would think, uh, it seems really weird. And, and, you know, speaking to a few people that work around, you know, within the charitable organizations and stuff like that, that they're kind of take they are taking a hit in their in the, in time the of need. We should say, ever. I mean, tour, tour employees taking a hit as yeah. well. I know they're like, they were taking pay cuts and I just don't, like we were talking about it earlier today, Tron, and again, I know it's very easy to spend somebody else's money, and it's very easy to kind of just huck these from the cheap seats, but doesn't it seem really easy to lop the purse by 5 or 10% and just give that to the charitable organizations that are, you know, that the host organization is putting up, you know, these events and giving their charitable donations to all of these different organizations in and around all these towns. And I'm curious how that fundraising is, you know, this was all covered well, well, well before golf came back. Like what's going to happen with no ticket sales, with no pro-am sales, with no hospitality sales. That's the money that goes to these charities. And I'm just a little curious uh, as to how these things are going to start to shake out because it seems like the scales are wildly tipped right now. This was my, or it was going to be my, you hate to see it last week. But it wasn't. But it wasn't because I'm gonna I'm I'm giving them time to and that's what that's where I'm at this. and I'm sure there's listen the tour has literally given billions of dollars away in the last few years but so. they also don't pay taxes <laughs> I was gonna say that helps true. them immensely but I would I'm say I'm just saying I'm sure there's things going on behind the scenes but like I haven't really like heard about a lot of it and I'm, I'm yeah curious the, what that is literally the only stakeholder and I know they they lost a few tournaments which that's but those are that's the guys on the bottom of the food chain missing out on earning where you know right. all the all the top guys are going to play the same amount of tournaments this year and so the only guys that haven't taken a haircut in this whole covid thing are the top players that's that's kind of what it seems like and that's that's the optics i'm getting at here is that that doesn't quite seem and right. if the tour so is shout set out up to, to sell you on you yeah for, yeah. for doing what best. you did well, and if the tour is set up to ostensibly like the entire point of having these tournaments per their charitable arrangement is to raise money for these causes and that isn't happening, then cool. Like we need to reevaluate the entire tour. And we don't know that it's not happening. However, there's no players that are currently getting open doors tweets that are praising the tour for breaking certain barriers of charitable, you know, giving. I haven't seen that in a little while. So listen, who knows? The tour is trying to get their product back up and running and they have had thousands of different hoops to jump through over the last few weeks. But Hopefully this is something that that gets addressed because yeah. it seems like weird, really weird optics. It needs for, to bump up the priority for list, all I these think. guys to to basically just get back to business as as usual. And alternative is you pay taxes. All the vulnerable uh, well, parties and taking a hit, and they're making their their corporate partners look bad 
because they're basically forcing the corporate partners to 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 make up for all of it. Yeah. I think. Last last yeah. note, we can quickly wrap this. Um, I so young specifically donated to fight COVID nineteen, and I think we'd be remiss not to you know talk about the tailor made drive for relief and, Very and the true. match, which of raised course. millions and millions of dollars for COVID uh, with some PGA guys. I what what you guys are rightly talking about are are the week to week every every year annual charities um, that feed off of these PGA events. So a, I just wanted to clear that up. That's an essential addition to the conversation. Uh, all right, let's get into our wrap-up segments. We, we introduced these last week. I think they're quickly going to become one of my favorite parts of the show. we got to get to them faster next week, but let's, yes. Let's, <laughs> let's do that. Let's start with uh, the you hate to see it of the week. Randy, you know, you came up with these segments. I'd love for you to kick us off. I think I might be stealing somebody's, but my, uh, my hate to see it was – Florida Governor Ron DeSantis' news conference starting like right in the uh, golf CBS window on Saturday. And it was a long press conference. And I got to be Q&A. honest. <laughs> yeah, I, I got to be honest. One, I don't need Ron DeSantis on my television. Two, I they lost me. I, I didn't stick around for the golf. It's gone. Um, we lost him. What'd you go do? Uh, I went out to the beach. Sweet. Hmm. Yeah. Well, cool. you hate, you know, Big Randy now watching golf, you hate to see that. Solly? <laughs> Um, you kind of talked, touched on it already, but you, you know, Sergio Garcia, just going out of his way to say something dumb. You really do hate to see it. <laughs> you do. I also love to see it, but yes. Tron, go ahead. Um, man, you know, I, I could I, go with this. I hate to do this. I hate to do this guys. Cause he was one of my picks in the DraftKings thing this week. I had him at 300 to one, Matt Wallace. He was right in the mix. I think he was T5 at one point. Shot 77 today. Oh <laughs> Not a whole lot of bogeys out there to be found. It looks like he found all of them. You, you hate and to that, see that. You hate to see. You know, you guys Deej. were you guys were a little toothless this week, I gotta say. I we're expect an hour you to, and a half I in. expect you to dig dig in, go go hard on someone. So I'm gonna go hard for you here. This is a uh, article from sharesleuth.com, which is a uh, kind of like a disruptive startup uh, investigative journa- journalism it outlet. Like a fake news aggregator. No, it's it's run by your boy, The Cubes. It's Gosh. it's a new investigative journalism wow. outlet that he started. <laughs> the Cubes also might be a moron. So. <laughs> Who can say? Anyways, uh, this is, is from a story called Do CBD MD Incorporated Celebrity Endorsers Know Who They're Doing Business With? Um, of course, you might recognize CBD MD as the, uh, the company sponsored by or that sponsors Bubba Watson. It's mm-hmm. on his uh, on his visor. Turns out they had not disclosed uh, that the, it is a public uh, company run jointly by a pornographer and a promoter with ties to multiple business failures and frauds. Sick. Um, R. Scott Kaufman, who became the CBD MD's co-chief executive in July, also operates the Adult Entertainment Broadcast Network. And then the other guy that's involved here is just like has been – implicated in a million different fraud suits and I guess Bubba's tied up in this and who knows whether he knew about it when he signed the deal or not. But anyways, you hate to see that. You, you hate to see Bubba get involved with you, some people. You, like do, you truly hate to see that. Breaking uh, news just came out. Rob Bolton, Daniel Berger not playing Travelers this week. Must be a little fatigued. After I would imagine he's got to be a little sleepy. Yeah. He's, he's got to get back to the fleet. Yeah. <laughs> well, <laughs> uh, let's move now to the rub of the green of the week. Randy, again. We please. touched on it a little bit, but my rub of the green was the wind not blowing. You know, the, the course kind of rolled over, and, you know, it's truly, that's just the rub of the green. That's the rub of the green. Solly. 
It didn't end up playing a factor, but almost the mega uh, rub of the green situation. Carlos Ortiz's caddy oh. failed to <laughs> failed to rake the bunker uh, behind we think, 18 we green. Think. He was named there was, allegedly. There he, was two balls back there. It was uh, Mike Wallace, of course, <laughs> who was there much earlier in the okay, day and okay, dropped okay, a 77. Okay. And Carlos Ortiz. I'm glad you confirmed it. The cat, the, the players and caddies acted like they found a dead body in that <laughs> bunker. By Brian the way, Palmer was shocked. Yeah. It was apoplectic. Awesome. But uh, if a ball, you know, if the tournament had been decided, if nobody would have seen that and the ball would have rolled in there, uh, rolled into a footprint, uh, that truly would have been the rub of the green. Uh, TC? Rub of the green. I'm, I'm taking this very, very literally this week. Uh, he's rubbing some green. Nick Watney. <laughs> People are saying that, uh, and I guess... Golf Digest confirmed this. He's rubbing, as TC does Johnny Manziel <laughs> fingers, he's rubbing some green. He gets $100,000 stipend over the next few weeks while he's, uh, while he's, while he's hanging out on, on Hilton a, Head. Do you think this was a calculated career move for him? I don't. If, if it was somebody else, like, uh, say, David Bragano or <laughs> Keith Clearwater last week, like, like, like one of those vets last week, they got the start. That absolutely would have been the right move for them. Um, <laughs> But yeah, I think it's, you know, it's, uh, it's definitely, so I think, you know, I had heard a hundred K and then we had heard after the fact that it was, that it was a percentage of the average, or it was the average of your previous, you know, however many checks up to a hundred K, but I guess it's been confirmed that it's a, it, it is a hundred K and then the caddy gets 30 K too. That's how about that? Truly, the rub of the green. Good, uh, good work if you can get it. It man. is. I had a, I had a, just a quick one of another pretty literal one. Uh, Adam Hadwin was mic'd up, of course, this week. Uh, bent mm. down trying to move a rock. Turns out it was a clump of sand. Mm. Just really crumbled in his fingers. Yeah, it was a whole rules thing. That's the, that's the rub of the green. That's mm. that's a shitty part of that rule. Well, it it's, is. It's very, especially it's shitty when Rory got the other side yeah. of it last year. Right? Well, and especially when you know you always point at. Uh, who was it? Was it Stuart Sink? Oh, Stuart Sink and Ted at Her- yeah. at Heritage, Heritage. Right. When he's yeah. just grain by grain, he's yeah. just digging those things out. But apparently when they're stuck together, that's a that's a rules infraction. Ah, so. Golf, man. Grow the game, baby. That's hmm. that's truly the rub of the green. Uh, peak ahead, of course, we're going to the Travelers this week. I, th- I think we'll cover that much more in depth, probably on mm-hmm. our, our DraftKings preview uh, t- Tuesday on our mm-hmm. YouTube channel. Uh, anything, any burning thoughts on Travelers we want to get out right now? Another, another probably another tournament. birdie fest. I yeah. love it. It's it, it's one of those courses anybody can win. Truly, if fantastic finishing I, stretch. I was just gonna say, if the DraftKings doesn't give you enough hard hitting golf analysis, be sure to tune into the Trap Draw preview as well. Are you yeah. willing to tell people who the guest is this week or no? Mm, two, no, two, not yet. So, so it'll, it'll, it'll be a surprise. Sure. Also, knock on wood, it, it's a really good one. Corn Ferry going to Utah this week. Kind of going back to their regular schedule after two weeks here in uh, Northeast Florida. Uh, congratulations to Chris Kirk. Absolutely. So I believe this kicks off Soapbox Sunday. It does. Oh, oh okay. Yeah, yeah. There we go. Okay. Go ahead. Yeah. So uh, Soapbox Sunday, our last new segment. Yeah. I, I think often it gets conflated. You've touched on this a little bit on Twitter this week, DJ. I think it gets conflated when guys uh, truly overcome adversity versus when you know we, we, we may have a class act situation overcoming <laughs> adversity. And, you know, like Patrick Reed cheats his face off and then... <laughs> You know, and then oh man, he's with all the personal things he's overcome. Yeah, and it's like you know, this is just, no, this like is that's not adversity. That's just him being a dick. And and so uh, when somebody actually, well, it is know, adversity, but it's self inflicted adversity. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Um. So when somebody you know goes through depression and alcoholism and comes out on the other side of it and wins their first golf tournament after that, like that's a legitimately cool thing to see. And and he played his 
butt off down the stretch. So couldn't have said it better myself. Hopefully that gets the gets the due that it deserves. And shout out to Chris Kirk for not only obviously like coming back and winning and playing great, but like being extremely transparent and open and kind of what I was trying to get at on the on Twitter was like, man, people will just like bend themselves silly trying not to say depression or not to, you know, try not to talk out loud about it or talk about what it feels like, talk about what it's like to go through it and ask for help, all that kind of stuff. And Chris Kirk very easily could have taken a leave and just said, Hey, I'm, you know, I'm going through some stuff and don't ask me any questions about it. I'll see you guys later. But instead he really like seemed to let people in and, and gave a lot of interviews about it. And that, it might end up helping someone. Yeah, and that's where it's like if, if you're going to kind of, you know, not to be grandiose, but if you're going to change the conversation or change the the tone around something, like you got to talk about it head yeah. on. And so shout out to him. That yeah. was that was awesome. And Randy, Justin Lauer finished runner-up. And, of yeah. course, Justin our, hit, our young hitter, of course, finished. Mm. Lauer's gone through some adversity as well. Yeah. Let's, let's not conflate, yeah. conflate that. Uh, a story for another day. Randy – what do you got for your soapbox? I'll be extremely brief. Uh, TC, that was that was wonderful. Um, I, I had pointed out burgers on on the verge of catching cat, and I you know kudos to Colin Morikawa for making another cut, and he's just a couple behind. These are two guys that are on the precipice of taking some of Tiger's records, uh, all time PGA Tour records, and I think that's crazy impressive, and I think it's also a little mind boggling that these guys are not like necessarily generational stars yet. I, th- I think it speaks to how much talent there is out on tour. So and in a more, and in a more competitive era, they're doing this. Yeah. Yeah. Solly step up. Dude, God, mine sounds so dumb after this too, but I just want to give a shout <laughs> to gambling. <laughs> and, and, and to be really clear, I have wagered zero. It's just like this DraftKings thing we're doing with just we're betting points. Uh, we can't legally place bets with the DraftKings sports book here in Florida. Uh, but I felt alive following Abe answer with our Fred X cup we've got going. Like there's nothing on the line, but I have guys I'm rooting for because I'm going against my buddies with it, and it makes me feel alive. You create it's so your own fun. reality, exactly. Yeah. You have to. Otherwise, so, it's like why am I? Why have I been watching this for three hours? What and if you want to just like send like DM me picks that you're making for the week, and it's not for anything, but it gives you something to root for, just do it. Like it's fun. Like it's just fun to watch golf with that in mind. And I would struggle to watch it without it. So shout out to gambling. That was the whole. <laughs> Gamble responsibly. Yes. Genesis of the FredX. I couldn't agree more. And to be clear, you're telling everybody to gamble. Go gamble as much as possible. <laughs> as much money with as possible. It. 1-800-9 <laughs> with it. It could be pennies for all I care, but it gives you a little something to root for. Uh, my soapbox, and then we'll wrap it up, is I want to give a shout-out to all our friends at PJ Tour Live. I thought they did an awesome job this week in a couple different ways. I think everybody has been saying, like, you know, the tour has this premium streaming thing. Like, they should get weird, and they should try things. This should be like a experimental proving ground for doing different things. And I thought PJ tour live did that this week. They brought in Christina Kim as an analyst who was awesome, complete breath of fresh air. Glad to see her today. They had TC. I know these aren't your boys, but Wes Bryan and Bubba Watson were playing together and they had exactly what we were saying last week on the pod where it's Mm -hmm. like, dude, just, just get a boom mic in. Like they don't have to be wearing mics. Just, just capture a little bit. And they were totally hamming it up for the cameras and, you know, two of, uh, not people's not favorite, you know, people don't really love being like, oh, Bubba's so funny and zany, but he was admittedly reluctantly pretty funny. So uh, that that made it a lot more fun to watch semi-meaningless golf on a Sunday morning. At, so. su- at certain points I've, over the last couple of weeks, I felt like the coverage has actually gotten worse when it when I've turned off PGA Tour Live and gone to 
the golf yeah. channel feed. Yeah. Had, Those guys have been doing a great whatever. job. So shout out to them. And honestly, la- God, I can't believe I'm going to squeeze in one last shout out to CBS, but <laughs> all the restrictions they currently have a three hour rain delay and extending that day into yeah. literal sunset on Sunday at the end of the week had to be exhausting for a lot of people there. So amazing what happens when the, when the tour players have to play fast, they can actually do it that they got mm. it done. So, and we did not play fast tonight. We were an hour 40. So well, there's we're a lot to talk about. That. There yeah. was a lot to talk about. That was great. It was a lot of fun. So thanks everybody for tuning in lasting this long. And uh, we will see you if you're still listening. The episode this week, our usual, we usually put one up Tuesday night. It's probably not going to come out till sometime Wednesday. There's a reason for that. You'll see uh, why that is on Wednesday. Um, but then we'll check in with you then. Cheers. Rock on. Be the right club. Be the right club today. Yeah. Honey, that's better than most. How about him? That is better than most. Better than most. Expect any